White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the The Blue Blue and and White White Brothers. Brothers. Two brothers. Two takes. One team. Hey, Andy. Yes. Listen, this is a podcast about Penn State football from a fan perspective. All right. Do you re- do you remember? <laughs> I can't even remember being happy about Penn State football like we sound in that little promo. <laughs> I don't remember what it's like to be a happy. Everything Penn State was fan. new and shiny, and and the pandemic <laughs> season was about to start, and oh and and every you know we were gonna have the we were building off the 2019 season. Even and, just a week ago, uh, we thought <laughs> we were on top. So of, we the so fan the, perspective yeah. is gonna come in and full bore. Percent. Full um, board today. Hey, do you want to go <clears throat> off script immediately, or would you like me to shut up? <laughs> I look. The, we're this. This is gonna go off the rails today. I just can feel it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let. Need to, I'm gonna let your script take center stage for right now. We need just to just get know, through some just preliminary. Just know that I am like a raging bull, ready <laughs> and, and seeing red without the cape being out. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Yeah. We even talked about doing this podcast in a few days to let things simmer down a little bit. But. And the schedule didn't allow for it. So, you're going to get a frothing, raging bull at times here. I mean, probably. Very untempered. But so, so just getting back to the fan perspective thing is like, it's like, I'm not, I have no, re- there's nothing preventing me from just like talking about how I feel. <laughs> you know, fan <laughs> perspective. Like it's all about yes. feelings. I don't need to put things into like super duper context all the time and be politically. No thing as I don't need to be politically professionalism. Correct. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like I. Well, first of all, I'm just not <laughs> professional. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, a journalist. Exactly. So All right, um, kick her off. A couple couple of things. We're we're gonna we're gonna do some news and notes. There was football besides Penn State, even though it was very hard to pay attention to it. We're gonna have to talk about not only the Michigan game itself, but just what the heck it all means. Uh what happened. Oh my gosh. And uh we're gonna find a way, bro. We've gotta pull ourselves together enough to think about the game that's on the heels of this one, the Minnesota game, a whiteout game, no less one that before the disaster of Saturday took place, you and I had decided to go to that whiteout game thinking very possibly <laughs> on the heels of we a, just beat Michigan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and now, and now I'm like, like, and I'm like, how do I get out of going uh, to the whiteout? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I stupidly commit to this before the Michigan game? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to the whiteout and I'm going to the, to the stripe out against Ohio state. I'm going to both games uh, and I'm going I'm to root for, for my team and cheer them on until obviously the wheels fall off. Uh, and then we I will not scream. fair weather fans. I, but I'm not a fair weather fan, but I will. Fans. I am a froth weather fan. <laughs> I am a frothy so weather um, fan. We're gonna, we're gonna do all that, but I also want to just check in with you because last time we spoke, you were like just on the tail end of your five thousand mile adventure, and you I are was now in Benson, back. Arizona. I finished my route. I've cro- I crossed over the Chiricahuas and the Dragoon Mountains to and, and and from Arizona into New Mexico, and I finished back where I started back in. Um, actually, it's where I started. Yeah, no, it's I finished on the Mexican border back where I started. Not just the route itself, but also the Continental Divide Trail when I was hiking back in April. Um, 
So yeah, I've I've completed everything. I'm back home. I'm sitting here with my my fancy microphone and my laptop screen, and I can actually look at you and the notes at the same time. Um, so spectacular. I, it doesn't necessarily mean the product will be any better, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but probably he, worse. Potentially. I mean, certainly after the game. I mean, everything was... I should go back oh to my riding gosh. my bike. Obviously, the reason that we Obviously. lost is my fault. Um, <laughs> That's a, when, when you start thinking about what was different, yeah. that was a huge difference. But, you know, it, it, as, as much... By the way, my roommate is a Michigan fan. Uh, he does not... Hey. <laughs> it's weird, right? He's from, from Milton, Pennsylvania, across the river from Lewisburg, where we're from. But somehow what is grew his up, problem? I don't know, man. I got a bunch of... I've got a bunch of local, <laughs> like Central PA friends that are somehow Michigan fans, and I think it's just because they're like contrarians. You know, they just wanted to be against Penn State for yeah, some reason. Because you, if you live in Central PA, like you can't avoid being yeah, around yeah. Penn State. So, um, however, even though we lost to Michigan, my friend, my roommate was very gracious in in their victory. He did not rub it in. He certainly apologized that I come home to during my homecoming weekend that, you know, Penn State flounders in the most miserable of fashions. But he's also a Phillies fan and an Eagles fan and his teams won. And it was at least fun to watch the Phillies, you know, win uh, two great um Div- divisional games before making it to the I N- could NLCS. I not care less I know, about but, the Phillies. But I, I was I able to enjoy sports regardless uh, this weekend, <laughs> well, and it helped pick me up off the you. floor uh, is all I'm trying good to say. For you the, because... Ravens, the Ravens suck. Oh, oh my The Ravens gosh. are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have three wins and three losses, and all three of those losses were come from behind victories by the opposition because i think lamar is like just handed the game away in a couple of those instances uh, he did this pat he was the reason this week but um the defense Defense, collapsed in the the, um other one too i mean and then notre dame is also having a miserable season uh they lost to uh four loss stanford stanford had only won one game the whole rest of the season and they came in to notre dame stadium and beat them in a night game and um so it, you know there is no joy in Mudville this weekend here. In the, <laughs> but in is the there? Gasman so household. they're saying there's mud in Joyville. <laughs> there's mud in Joyville. That's exactly what we've got. All right. Well, um, we're going to get into all of that mud um, and the slop and the and the ranting and the raving and the frothing. But <laughs> before then, um, we have some news and notes. We're going to talk about uh, the college football scene. So let's do that and get into it right now. News and notes. So uh, it was actually a big football weekend. Penn State, Michigan was only one of a number of uh, ranked on ranked matchups, a number of uh, two undefeated teams matching up. And so we we actually have a number of uh, big scores and top 25 upsets. And we're going to go back to that old format we've been trying Tom's 10 second takes and um, we're, we haven't perfected the formula formula yet, but we're getting close. And I, I, I wanted to say on the outset, I got some constructive criticism this week about mm. how to improve the format. Mm. Gotta uh, love from good, an anonymous constructive I, criticism. I take we'll it all very nameless. well. Uh, they have the same address as I do, but <laughs> I'm not going to say who it is. All right. Um, but Was she it male said or female? That, <laughs> she said, uh, "Oh, she okay? You, female? We got uh, we're down to two people. This is not my daughter. Oh, and she doesn't <laughs> she, listen to she doesn't listen to Penn State podcast. All right, so it's not Angelina. Uh, I'm going to say it's your wife, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "You know what?" I like the 10 second takes, but 
you don't have to reply to what Tom says. So Thank you, you just Eileen. let him say his thing. Thank you for letting me have the stage I deserve. Okay. It's like, it's like, I hear you enough. Like, yeah. Just let Tom do his, get the headline and then let him respond and move on. So that's what we're going to try today. I'm going to give you your your take, you know, your pithy one-liner about the, the headliner right now. That's, we'll that's your description of what my takes are. Pithy one-liner. That's one what my hope is. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> that's, my, yeah. that's the goal. Um, so we're going to do that. And, um, you know, you've got your, I'm, I think we just need to limit it to one tangent. Good luck. All right. So, so we've got the first one's going to get a tangent. <laughs> we've got the big 10 scoreboard. Um, I've got about, uh, 10 scores for you. And here we go with our, our first 10 second take starting at the top. Number six, Tennessee stops the tide 52 to 49 with a walk-off field goal. I watched the game. Um, I'm going to go on a tangent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a reason why. I mean, I could easily not go on a tangent for the rest of these uh, top 25 upsets. Uh, This one in particular, though, Tennessee beats Alabama, the the death star of Alabama. And Tennessee's been getting good recruits and all that kind of stuff like but they haven't they haven't put it together on the field in a very long time over a decade but they get this kind of middling quarterback from Virginia Tech Hennon Hooker to transfer in and this guy's just like lighting it up like lighting it up um so it's nice to see an offense be able to go blow for blow with a with another offense you know, it was like, and so I'm sitting there, I was a Penn State fan that just, whose offense could literally muster nothing, but like a play or two that l- was what amounted to something. Um, it was just like, oh, it, it, it's like Tennessee climbed through the ranks this year to, to get to this point. And then they like, they're on, they have their opportunity on the biggest stage of the weekend, maybe of the year, potentially. Um, and with Alabama of all teams, Nick Saban, and they rose to the occasion at every turn. Even when they made I'm their sensing- own mistake, even when they made their own mistake, when they fumbled away a, a, a scoop and score by Alabama, they still rose to the occasion every time after, you know, every play after that. I'm sensing uh, there's like little comparison here that you're drawing up. Yeah, this, it's uh, a fan perspective, tangent. Andy. <laughs> All right, and and like so, I'm just saying, like, man, wouldn't that be nice if on the biggest stage your team rises to the occasion? It's just like when was the last time Penn State's team? When was the last time Franklin's team rose to the occasion? I mean, they went blow for blow way. with Alabama. Went blow for blow with Alabama, and um, you know, it was it was a great game. Um, by the way. You got to mention this kid, uh, Jalen Hyatt, uh, wide receiver. He had 207 receiving yards. And five touchdowns. Six receptions and five, five touch- touchdowns. I mean, <sighs> it, it, the guy was unstoppable. And Yeah. yeah. So all where, I'm going to say is passing game the last time us? Penn State's team rose to the occasion was the biggest win of Franklin's career and the only one. Uh, well, not the only one. Remotely comparable. Yeah. The only yeah. game yeah, against number two. Ohio State Ohio in 2016, State. Yep. and and it wasn't blow for blow like that. It was like a, a, a like, I mean, I'm just going to say at this point, at the time, I felt very slighted by the fact that people were calling it a fluky win, but in context now, like, Franklin hasn't produced wins that looked dominant against any other 
top level competition. So like I have to kind of group that in now with a little bit of a fluky win for Franklin there. Like you're relying on a lot of luck to win at the highest levels. That's kind of where, you know, yeah. it feels yeah. like at this point. So so you know, watching that ten a great game. Tennessee, amazing performance there by that team. And I, I enjoyed it. It was enjoy, enjoyable to watch Bama go down. Okay, tangent over. I'm done. All right, here we go. Back to your 10-second takes. All right, Here's your next headline. Number 20, Utah upends number 7, USC, 43-42. to 42. Very happy to see USC go down. Um, also very unhappy that they didn't pull Franklin away from Penn State. <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> number 13, <clears throat> number 13, TCU rallies to defeat Oklahoma State in double overtime, 43 to 40. Wow. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch this game, but, but as it Max Dugan, I think is the, the quarterback for TCU. That guy's legit. That guy's legit. That's a big time win for that, that school. They're in the top 10 now. They are, they are in the driver's seat in the big 12 A one last big 12 team. Who knows? Number 18, Syracuse pulls past. Oh, excuse me. Number 18, Syracuse pains <laughs> the Wolfpack yeah. to remain undefeated 24 to 9. That Purdue uh, Syracuse loss looking better by the day. It's really boosting Penn State's resume right now with, with Syracuse's continued victories. <laughs> it's true. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Syracuse is the lowest ranked undefeated at this point. They're they, getting they, no love. No love. They're they're only 14. Um, but anywho, um, here we go. Number 22, Kentucky pulls past number 16, Mississippi State, 27 to 17. Will Levis d- didn't play in their in their loss last week and he came back. And I don't really know what Will Levis numbers were, but they beat, They were respectable. Yeah, they beat they beat a big, you know. Above average team in the SEC, the Mississippi State had won some some good games so far. That's a, didn't they that's just a big beat A and M? Yeah, that's a big win for Kentucky and Mississippi State's no slouch. All right, uh, next. Well, I headline. mean, and by the way, the holding Mississippi State to seventeen is a big deal because that's a that's a um, what's his face? You know, the what's the coach? Yeah, Mike can't. Leach. Mike Leach is not a seventeen point kind of offensive coach, so that's that's a big deal. Uh, back to your set. Ten second takes. Mm, let me uh, just. Yeah, this is this is um the only um non ranked uh, matchup that I'm going to have you comment on. Unranked Oklahoma clips the Jayhawks wings, you, beating Kansas fifty two <laughs> to forty two. You know it's a bad bad year for Oklahoma when they need a victory over the Kansas Jayhawks in football. <laughs> you know it's a bad year. All right. So they need they needed all they needed that real bad. That fan base and that coach needed that. <laughs> all right. On to the Big Ten. Uh number 24, Illinois sinks Minnesota's boat with I'm really glad Illinois six to fourteen win. <laughs> I'm really glad Illinois is not on our schedule. I think their victor nine OT victory against Penn State last year was like the beginning of their like believing in themselves and making a run. Like they're they're legit. They're they're a tough team. All right, uh, moving on. Maryland hangs on to beat Indiana thirty eight to thirty three. I don't care about this game. <laughs> because you want to know why? Because I think one of those two teams could beat us. Mm. You know, and I just, and it just, I don't, I, 
I'm in a bad way right now. I'm in a bad Speaking bad of space. teams that could beat us, <laughs> yeah. Michigan State gets their first Big Ten victory of the season in a two-overtime victory over Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't even know what to make of either of these two teams, but it's a bad Wisconsin loss against a bad Michigan State team. And Jim Leonard is on, you know, he's on, this is his, um, he's, he's, he's a candidacy for the, the head, the interim head coach removal to head coach Wisconsin is on the table right now. And that's a bad loss for, for Jim Leonard. Yeah. Um, Last score in the Big Ten, uh, Purdue keeps pace in the Big Ten West, holding off Nebraska's comeback bid. Final score, 34-28. to 28. You know, Purdue's only loss is against Indiana, and I don't know when they're going to be playing Illinois, but um, <laughs> that's going to be a big-time game in the West is Purdue-Illinois. <laughs> what was, was the last time a Purdue-Illinois game meant so much to the Big Ten race? I don't know. And I kind of don't care right now. Because, yeah. I mean, hey, you, you, you're the one asking me. I know. Well, that's just the Big Ten slate. You know, you're, I'm not. You're the one bringing them whatever. up. Whatever. Yep. All right. So <laughs> there's your 10 second takes. Um, here are the, uh, just a quick note on teams still undefeated. We're down to eight in the FBS. Uh, three undefeated in the SEC. The two that you would think are not there. Um which uh, Alabama and Georgia, you'd think, but instead it's Georgia, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, We got two in the Big Ten, the usual suspects, Ohio State and Michigan. We got two in the ACC, Clemson and the aforementioned Syracuse. And then we have one each in the Big 12 and Pac-12, number eight TCU, and number nine UCLA, still unbeaten. Well, what's definitely going to happen here is at the end of the season, you won't have more than one in any of those conferences. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just have some cool matchups coming up in the future, I think. But, I mean, you know, all, I think all eyes are going to be on that OSU Michigan game if they both run the table until then. Because I, I don't think I see Princeton beating Ohio State at this rate. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, interestingly enough, um, I believe Georgia and Tennessee are in the same division. Right. Um, and uh, Ohio State, Michigan in the same division. Right. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those how those uh, losses matchups. impact their college football playoff potentials. Uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, same at the same time, we're, we're starting to see like where the real strength of the, the national football scene is. And a couple surprises, you know, Tennessee, Ole Miss, I would say, um, are some surprises. UCLA, that's kind of a surprise. It'd be interesting to see how things shake out the second half of the season. That's where we are. We're at the second half of the season now, bro. Mm. Would you rather be one and five or five and one? (laughs) 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 All right, go on. (laughs) Keep going. Uh, Well, so that's that's the entree. Feels like we're one and five. (laughs) I know. It really does. Um, That was just uh, an awful, awful game. It was uh, a drubbing in in every way possible. Um, Penn State uh, taking one on the chin for a, a 41 to 17 loss. Um, I, I mean, I was just, I was miserable. Eileen came down after uh, the game. She had gone out. I can't remember why. And she came back um, and, and came through the room after the game was over. And I was just literally staring listlessly into space, like yeah. slouched in the chair. I mean, it was, it was, 
it was pretty bad. Um, well, for so, me, I, I had two TVs going at the same time in my living room, and uh, on the bottom TV was the Phillies game. So I was I had the audio going on the Michigan games solely until it was like this game's out of reach, and I flipped it to the Phillies audio, and I at least was I was watching the Penn State game still intently, but just I don't want to hear it, you know. <laughs> I mean, how do you encapsulate what happened? I mean, part of how I think through games you know, after it happens is like, what's the headline for the podcast going to be like, what's that two or three word, you know, title or, you know, you know, what's, I I write the headlines every week for the 10 second takes. What's the headline for this game that we would write? You know, what are your, how would you state that? What what are we? I don't know if I have like a headline per se, but I do have a quote that I think sums it all up for all of us. And sadly, it's a quote from a Michigan defender the 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 line michigan defensive end mike morris after the game said take away two plays and it would have been 41 to three and that's just like yeah wow that's 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 a depressing thought and a reality of like what penn state was able to muster up in the game was like two freak by the way luck plays yeah you know, going back to that fluky. 2016 fluky luck win against Ohio, two luck plays kept us in the game until literally after our field goal on our first drive in the second half to start the second half. After that field goal, it was a 25 to nothing run by Michigan, and we didn't stand a darn chance. We were up. We were up, what, 16 to 14 at that point? We were down 16-14 at the half. Okay. Well, then we were up 17-16 we with that field yeah. goal. And yep. so we were leading. 17 yep. to 16, miraculously with a lead to start after our first drive in the second half. And then Michigan shoves it down our throats for 25 straight points and no more Penn State points. <laughs> I mean, that drive coming out of halftime was the only respectable drive of the day. For and only our could offense. muster a field goal out of it. Yeah. Only muster a field goal out of it. You know, I mean, the only other offense we had all day was that Sean Clifford ball fake, which was just, you know, uh, yeah, it's sort of like a lucky call that, um, you know, in their defense, Sean Clifford took the ball and we got one block and he, he went, went deep, you know, I mean, that happens sometimes, but, uh, there was nothing remotely close to, uh, a serviceable offense all day. Um, it was, it was really, really depressing. Um, you know, we, look, we were manhandled. Yeah. Manhandled on both sides of the ball. Uh, the, the lines were manhandled. The lines. Um, I, to me, the quote of the day was from PJ Mustafer. Oh gosh, what did he say? And he just said straight up, "Is like we got embarrassed." Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he in his post game and it was like, you know, pretty, pretty raw reaction. We we're embarrassed. That's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, and that's how I felt. I'm like, yeah. I felt completely, <laughs> completely yeah. embarrassed that I had. <laughs> even thought that we had a chance of being in this game. It was... And that's how, by the way, Michigan fans look uh, are, like, are like, yeah, it's uh, surprising that Penn State fans thought their team had a chance. And it's like, well, there was a chance, but like, not with the way the game was actually going. You know, like, uh, Penn, if Penn State had a better game plan, maybe the chance was better. You know, like, um, if they executed better, maybe, you know, maybe there was a better chance. But like, um, you know, 
Andy, I gave a 31 to 24 prediction in this game. Obviously, that was incorrect. <laughs> um, but in the, in the, you know how like you want your team's going to go on before the season starts. You're like, oh, we we're going to go undefeated. You know, yeah, like we go all the way. Yeah, so you you so you put that good juju out there by by not predicting a loss. Like right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But like deep down in the belly of my, you know, soul, I did not feel very confident going into this game. I just didn't. I did. I did not think. You know, I didn't. I just didn't feel like Clifford had it. I definitely didn't like that Franklin's not a guy who's shown us in his history that he can do it. Um, and I just didn't feel confident going into Ann Arbor. Yeah, I mean, everything and, everything is working against Penn State going into the game just based on history. But you know, you want to believe a you can change that narrative. You also want to believe that b like if you put your best foot forward, you have Penn State has a chance. In any game. And certainly we did not put our best foot forward by any stretch of the imagination. But what what really I think was But can you put that the on the players of, every time this happens? Like is that on the like with the the way that history has shown itself with Franklin not preparing his teams coming out of a bye, Franklin not preparing his teams on the road against good opponents, Franklin not preparing his teams against top five, top ten teams? Like is that on the players if they're not put in if they're not motivated properly, if they're not schematically put in the right situations, if they're not the game play the game plan, the play calling, the just overall like on the sideline, Franklin really not doing much to change the vibe of the of the team and the tone of the game? Like what? How much? Do yeah. you, there, there's so much. There's the so best much, foot like, forward starts from the coach. <laughs> of course, you know, and you know, and so there's a lot of blame to go around. There's a lot of finger pointing to go around. There's a lot of like we could analyze this, that, and the other. But I think for me, the thing that is so deeply discouraging is that you know here on the biggest of stage stages with the you know this. Again, just like last year, an opportunity to really show whether you belong in the conversation. Not only not only did we not show that we belonged in the conversation, like we literally collapsed in the most egregiously, embarrassingly way possible. And, you know, unlike against the Iowa team last year when there Clifford were some got good hurt, things to take out of that. There were some still. good things to take out of there, right? This year, it's like we weren't hurt. You know. We, we, we there are there's, no excuses. There's no, there really, there's no one. Ah, uh, Clifford went down. Oh, oh, Singleton got hurt. Or like our, you know, PJ Mustafer got hurt. Which also PJ Mustafer did get hurt in the Iowa game last year. Um, we just got, got beat, demolished, spanked, we spanked, got obliterated. And it, it to me, I mean, look, let's just say for the sake of argument, sure. Penn State had a particularly bad day, and that's that, not impossible. That, that it's if we had had a better day, we wouldn't look that bad. But the truth is, to have that bad a day and look that bad, it just shows you the gap between Penn State, you know, coaching, talent, scheme, players, skill, whatever you want to call. You know, it just just shows how wide the gap really actually is. I don't know about if I believe as far as the gap. I don't know. Um, let's, let's put it this way. In 2017, we put that kind of spanking on Michigan, right? Like, is that how wide the gap was with Michigan that year? Because the, the year before, they took Ohio State toe-to-toe -to -toe and Ohio State was a college football playoff team. Like how, like, I don't think the, I don't think one game encapsulates the gap, right? Now, I, I mean, I mean, look, 
you add the gap that this what was showed in this. Okay. Oh, got, like I said, I line understand. of scrimmage. I get it. Both sides of the ball. I get it. Manhandled. Like coaching. I'm not making a case. Both sides of the ball. We got embarrassed. Sure. You add that to the history that you know we've all seen going around. Like, hey, yes. Uh, when has Franklin ever beat a top ten team? Without a flip. since since 2016. <laughs> yeah, we've had. He's had. Well, he even chances. lost. He even lost the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah, that year. Since 20 since 2016, he's had what One. 11 chances. Yeah, 10, he, no, 10 chances, including the Rose Bowl. Since the end of 2016, he's 0 yeah. and 10 against top 10 teams. Yeah. This is the same coach that says, we want to be elite. You know, I mean, he is the one who set he the just goal wants for himself. It. He's not able to do it. He just wants it. Like exactly. a kid that wants, so, you know. I'm just saying like, for me, what's most <laughs> discouraging is that the gap was just so, what's so weird, evident. What's, I'm just realizing this right now. What's weird is that like Franklin wants that. Like he, wa- like, but, but like he's delusional in that. And that's, I'm, I will, and he, and, and he, that DNA of like that delusion filters down to his players, namely Sean Clifford, who thought he could have a Joe Burrow like season after Joe Burrow oh had. He thought well, he could have a Kenny I mean, Pickett like season after Kenny Pickett had it. And like speaking it's of delusional. The, of the, speaking of that, I this is one of the things I wanted to bring up, which was one of the for me the more disappointing things um, about the game. As well, there, did you did you hear the reports about there being an altercation yes, in the tunnel? The, yes, at I, didn't, I didn't really research much of how, how, what that what yeah, happened. You know but, what the, but it probably played a big that? role. Uh, 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 Penn State players were talking smack on social media all week, right? Yeah, and the two teams get in the tunnel at halftime and start Penn State start John at Michigan. At they have no time. place to because they were getting dominated. They have no place to. Exactly. It's yeah. like, you know, it's all flash and no substance. And that's been a right. Franklin MO. Yeah. Right. Uh, like, yeah. Show me the money, man. And sadly, yes, all flash now, all, all hype and, and no, I don't even know the, the train metaphor here or, or, or analogy that I would like to go to, but all <laughs> hype on the train and no, chug on the train i don't know <laughs> like, all hype and no chug <laughs> all hype no chug you know so um and the and the other d- really disheartening thing that that i learned after the game was over i think yesterday i f- found this quote but um frank i'm not going to read the quote i don't know if you have it here at all but um I, franklin essentially threw his defensive line under the bus uh kind of directly i didn't he didn't name a player but he did name Donald uh, Aaron Donald. He said he said we don't have size. He's like we don't have size. We don't have everybody thinks they're Aaron Donald. We, we he's like in reality they're not Aaron Donald. And it's like why are you saying that? Like what is what's the purpose of your head coach saying that the players that he recruited that he is starting, that he is playing that are in his rotation, what's the point of disparaging them like that to the media? Like you think that's gonna like? It's a bad look. It's a very bad look. It's in 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 the wake of a full team, a total team bed crapping in every in every phase and every facet. Coach, um, coordinator, players, 
offense, defense, tackling, catching, like throwing, you know, like no one had a good game. No one, not one player had a, like a game that was like, at least I played well against me. At least I, I did my job. It's like, I, you can't really point to one no. player doing that. And you definitely can't point to the coaches doing it. Like it was apparent that the coaches did not have this team prepared and their game plan was not uh, abysmal. I mean, I mean, Michigan knew what it was going to do and it did it. And we knew what Michigan was going to do. And we did the game plan did not reflect tr- attempting to, to, we played right into Michigan's hand the, on, oh, man. and everything. I, I definitely want to, I definitely want to talk about the game plan, but just to get back to your point of, about, of, of what Franklin said in his uh, presser yeah. about the um, defensive line, I, makes to no me, sense. A, a couple things. Number one, it's pretty out of character for Franklin. Yes. Okay. I can't um, remember another so, time where he's done something like that. No. And, and this is not to give him a pass, but I think like uh, some no, of the explanation of is, is, uh, the entire team was utterly disoriented and, and they were in like complete emotional disarray. Like <sighs> they were just as shocked as we were that, that, that that's what, you know, was the product on field. And so sometimes I think when that happens, you're just like, you don't have a good way to respond. And what, what, you know, a communicator needs to understand at that point is what you don't do is you start, don't start sort of casting blame out of your sort of initial, you know, analysis. And, and I think that's probably what this was for the record. There were other things in his press conference where he was taking responsibility and said, you know, it starts with number one and that's yeah. me. And, but, and yeah, taking you know, those, but, those um, words out of context. You don't is, do your free association like spitballing yeah. in front of the media, especially when it's pointing fingers at someone else. That's the else. most unbuttoned up he's been in a post-game presser as far as like, he's usually like just saying all the coach speak things and not giving us anything that's that's bulletin, that's like headline material. That's more like yeah. headline material in a negative way, you know? But I, I wonder if... um. I wonder if part of this is surf something surfacing from a conflict or something that Franklin has been talking about privately with his team. I'd be willing to bet. And, it can't be totally so the, out of the blue. I think there's two possibilities here. One, he's been pushing his D-line to get bigger, and they've resisted him with the sense of, Hey, Aaron, Aaron Donald, isn't that big, you know? And, and he's just saying, look, this is why you need to be bigger. I've been telling you. So he may have wanted to send that message publicly, but the other could be recruiting where his like recruiters are saying, Hey, no, this guy's a talented guy. You know, I know he's not the biggest guy, but you know, and Franklin's saying, no, we gotta, we gotta be able to hold off the Ohio state and Michigan rushing D you know, rushing attack. And we need bigger guys. So it's possible that, that, this is sort of the surfacing of a behind the scenes conversation where he's making his point. But again, it was, it's hard to take it as anything other than like, you're blaming those young men out there for something that at, you know, at the game time was not in their control, you know? Um, so let's talk about the game plans actually. Cause the, the, well, the, the, let's the talk defensive- about the game plan, but let's, let's real, let me lead off this game plan conversation with a quote from Sean Fitz. Um, okay. from Blue White Illustrated. This is a lengthier comment, uh, quote. So I, just bear with me here. Um, and this is from his first impression piece uh, that he that's on on the website for Blue and White Illustrated. So he he leads off, uh, and this is all all quote here. So quote: What does James Franklin want his offense to be? 
It's probably not an argument best served following a loss like this, as snap judgments are rarely the right ones, but it still begs the question, for that matter, what sort of consistency has Mike Yursich shown? Not so much in the numbers, but in his plan of attack. For fear of saying something positive coming out of that performance, Penn State's wide receivers were actually fine too good on Saturday. Mitchell Tinsley, Parker Washington, Trey Wallace went out and made some some tough catches, ones that they haven't consistently made this year so far, and ones um, we said would be a key heading into the game. Beyond that, finding positives in scheming or execution were few and far between. Losing losing Landon, Tang- Landon Tangwall to injury in the pregame didn't help, but if we're honest, it also probably didn't change a whole lot. So, like, we're here now in this, you know, midway through the second year of Mike Yursich, um, and and first Sean Clifford's first, you know, two-time signal caller, um, or, excuse me, play caller. And what do we have with Mike Yursich really? Like, what what is the offense under Mike Yursich? Like, so as far as game plan goes. I put it on my. I know. I know that Franklin puts his DNA on these things, but like, what do we have with Mike Yersich? It's problematic, I think, at this point, a, a little bit. Uh, it's beyond problematic. Yeah. I, you know, I I was about to go into the defensive game planning because we had uh, to where we just were, but that's fine. Let's talk about the offense. I, I mean, when you want to when you want to ask the question, where does the primary blame lie? on what happened in this game. I, it's very tempting to delay it at the feet of the defense because my goodness, giving up 400 plus you yards can. on the you ground. Can. You can but do I, it. You can I, do I it. I've actually come, I've come down <laughs> that it's actually the offense's problem. Look, we had a great, would you rather last week? Would you yeah. rather have an elite defense right. and a yeah. good offense Fair. Or, or an elite offense and a good defense? And the thing is, in the upper echelons of college football, you ought to be able to put up more than 40 points in the big games. In the big games. Yeah. Like, look you know at what? Look at Tennessee You're, and Alabama. Exactly they, right. They have, you know, Alabama had a great defense rolling into that game. A great defense. And yeah. they had 50, what, 50, was it 52? 52 points. 52 hu- points hung up on, hung on them? Like yeah. if you have, yeah, having po- you got to be yeah. able to go up against yeah. a solid defense, even a great defense. Michigan, obviously, is and a very good defense, it. and you got to out. You got to be able to score points. Yeah, you got to be able to score points. We scored no more points this week than we did against Northwestern. I think where there was also a point in time where we had more points. <sighs> Uh, there was some like weird statistic. It was like we had more points than first downs or something like that. Like, like we had more. Tu- we had yeah more more touchdowns than first downs than first downs. That's it. More touchdowns than first downs, which was two, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, one first down. <laughs> that's the I mean, stat. That's a stat it, of the it, century, it was right there. Utterly inept. All yeah. right, and you take away Sean Clifford's long run between. Which, by the way, the- his best. Like read option of his whole career of his life, basically. <laughs> yep. You take away that sixty-six yard run, and you focus just on the three running backs. We had forty-one yards rushing mm-hmm. on the day. Yeah. Sean Clifford's completion percentage, the worst of his 36%. career, thirty-six percent, worst of his career. I mean, it was just 
awful. Yeah. And whatever Michigan was bringing, there was no scheme. There was no game just, plan. There was straight no up. play and, call. And we played it straight up on offense, we too. We played it straight up. And like we, you, and it didn't work in the first half, and it didn't work in the second half, and you made no adjustment to try and figure out how it, how to, uh, you know, adjust on what they were doing. I mean, you couldn't find holes in the you, defense. And by the way, you know, it all runs through the quarterback. And Clifford just obviously was not up to the task, um, sadly. I mean, not by a long shot. But yeah. look, I mean, it, it, right from the very beginning, right? Michigan rolls down, you know, seven minutes of possession or whatever it was, 11-play drive, 12-play drive, 13-play drive. I mean, we were getting steamrolled on defense. And we're going to talk about that defensive game plan here sure. in just a second. But what was the Penn State offense doing on the flip side? Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Yeah. We did not possess the ball all game. Dude, yeah. all yeah. game. Yeah. Michigan had more than double our time of possession for almost 42 minutes to 18 minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the problem is not that the defense let them score. The problem is that we couldn't possess the ball on offense and we couldn't score on yeah. offense. And our, our offense has looked anemic against anyone that has a pulse. I, I don't know what happened down in Alabama against Auburn. I, I mean, I don't – that's the outlier. Because <laughs> I mean, Andy, like every phase, every phase, every phase of the yeah, game, Michigan but, had but, our number. So the, as far as the game plan, we're back – we're over the defense now a little bit here. Is that what you want to do? Um, well, I just – on the offense, like sure. the last three games – like the two games going into this game, the offense looked pretty disjointed. Darn bad. Yeah, disjointed. I mean, against a Central Michigan team against that, that is Northwestern, really bad that, yeah. against a Northwestern team that uh, Wisconsin struggling. Wisconsin put up what forty eight points against. Well, that's why. That's why coming out of this game, you're like you don't have like um, a good. What hope bar- do we have? Yeah, the the barometer is is not good. As far as like what this team feels Prepare like right now, for stormy weather. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Minnesota did just get beat, but like, I think Minnesota has the offensive line to manhandle us uh, again, yeah. and I think they have Speaking a running of attack. The defensive game plan. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we said it. You and I are stupid fans who are not commentators and only look at college football just from a fan perspective, and mm-hmm. we said. What was anyone with half a, you know, brain and some experience in college football knew? There is one job of this defense. Yeah. One job. Stop the run. Yeah. Doesn't matter what else you do. Stop. The make run. JJ McCarthy beat make you. Make JJ you McCarthy. You didn't make him beat you. You let him manage the game. You let him just manage it while the running attack, like, just ran roughshod over every single defender that existed for us. I mean the uh, the Fox commentators are saying like exasperated on our behalf. Like, why don't you have eight nine men in the box stopping that thing up? You're playing a normal seven. You know, man front. I really think as as far as like Manny, this is Manny's worst game. So, but I don't know if that's Manny's fault. Ultimately, I wonder if Franklin said, "Hey, we need to play these guys straight up. No exotic looks. They're gonna burn us." Like. Because they just weren't bringing, they weren't like, I don't know. The defense just didn't have the same schematical like uh, attack 
that they had against all the, the from Auburn on. Like, you know what d- I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about Villanova. Mm. Villanova against Penn State last year, an FCS team, and they came in to Beaver Stadium and they said, "We're going to do one thing. We're going to stop, stop the, the run. run. Yeah, we're going to clog up the middle of that thing and, and they make did. Sean Clifford." And you know what? And we, we didn't. Looked, <laughs> we didn't it, even try. <laughs> we didn't even try. Yeah, we didn't even try. So for you what know? it's worth, though, I'm just going to say here, um, our our buddy Tig Brown, Jair Brown, um, said uh, in in a quote to him, he said. Um, a quote by him, excuse me. He said that it was all about execution. He basically said, we just, we just, here you go. Um, when he was asked about what the particular issue was, um, the, he was asked what one issue is to blame. And he said, quote, definitely execution. We are a physical team. We can compete with the best of them when it comes to that area, but we definitely got some execution to clean up. That's what it was. Guys being out of their gaps and stuff that we worked on that we didn't come out here and do that. We wor- do what we worked on all week. That's a problem. Execution. It falls in that category. Stuff we practice coming out, executing, that's completing the job, and we didn't complete the job today. That's what our best defender, you know, basically said about the game. And, and to his point, and by the way, probably props right, but to him, props to him for not throwing man ideas under the bus and right. saying, Coach, we didn't get the game plan to help us win today. And yeah, there were execution problems, weren't there? But it's still tackling, doesn't, that right? doesn't change what the scheme was actually attempting to do. Like, like you didn't you didn't execute what your base defense. Like, okay, great, but like that your base defense wasn't going to get it done. Like against Obviously that attack, not. right? But, but like again, it just didn't seem like whatever we had put together it was not one hundred percent laser focused on stopping the run. Like you had to do that in order to give yourself a chance to stop. I mean, look, Michigan's coming into this game, you know, with six, seven yards rushing average per carry. Like you, you've got to turn that, you know, average upside down. You've got to hold them to two, three yards per carry. And we just like, how many runs did we hold them to less than five yards? Any, I mean, a handful, maybe, right? <laughs> maybe? Like that's that, and that's exactly what Michigan wants to do. They want to just, you know, bowl you over, hang on to the ball, tire you out. We played right into their hands. Which, by the way, this goes back to the offense. Then after those nice long drives that they, you know, steamrolled us, rather than giving them our defense a break, you know, we went ahead and ran three crappy plays and then turned it right back and let him do it all over again. Well, so what's interesting, it was like the opposite of complimentary football. Yeah, no, you're right. And Franklin always harps on complimentary football. But so what's also interesting, you mentioned Villanova deciding, Hey, we're, they're going to stop Penn state's rushing attack and we're going to clog the middle and give us nothing and make, make Sean Clifford beat us like that. That's the key to success against a, a, a non elite quarterback, right? Um, and right. I'm not exactly. saying JJ McCarthy's not, but like it was going to be the key to success of of that challenge. Game. Challenge a yeah. quarterback that's not so, like CJ so, Stroud or Bryce Young to beat you, right? So like challenge them. So Penn State's offensive rushing attack in the our non conference slate is like we are averaging like seven yards a carry or something like that, right? And against Big Ten opponents so far, we're averaging 3.8 yards per carry as a as a Penn State offensive rushing attack in total. 
I mean, something that, you know, what the that's Mike Yurcich's that's Mike Yurcich's offense, he, essentially. He's not figured out how to get this particular offense, even when he's good running backs, this year's, even with these like how, more skilled running backs, he has not figured out how to get yardage and production. Like, I, and you I can't go it, through the Big Ten, you know, scoring 17. 20, 23 points a game and expect to win against the top competition. And the bigger picture is that that's like Franklin in a nutshell is like he, his statistics can look really darn good as a team against the lesser or average yeah. competition. And then when it's big boy time, it, it literally implodes. It craters totally yeah, to the, to like the a, a wilting daisy. It, like it, just, it just that's just what it's been. Oh, and 10 right. versus top 10 opponents, uh, you know, like, but somehow getting great recruiting classes and like still, still, by the way, I think, I think because we are a Penn State brand, Penn State gets the benefit of, of the doubt when it comes to these like going five and oh, going five and oh, going eight and oh, and like, and like getting ranked in the top 10. I think we are Franklin is the recipient of the the brand that Joe Paterno built and they they over they overvalue the, the that Nittany Lion uh in yeah. the in the polls and then the blue so chipmunk. So yeah, like we are a paper tiger to the oh, big totally. to the big boys. We're we're a paper lion for sure. Yeah. Certainly over the last the 3 or 4 years. I mean at Franklin himself 2016-2017 like, you know, we we went to to big time bowl games. We had good end of season records. Like, you know, yes, we lost a couple of big games, but we, even in those years, those games were close, you know? So like, there's a sense of that's like, fine. that's fine. That's fine. to like, but the last five the years, it's the been pattern nothing. is there. The it's pattern nothing. is and set in stone. It is set in stone. It and really is. I, especially by the way, especially like like okay so i, I don't know how, how long I, I don't know how long you wanted to talk about the michigan game like i don't know but if you if <laughs> you want to you want to talk about it. well no I'm, I'm talking about trying to transition uh if you would like to um unless you want to keep transitioning frothing. to to minnesota oh we're not there yet man okay well we so got a mailbag to do <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so then I'll 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 save it, even though I'm right there on the tip of it. You know. Uh, well, yeah. I'm just gonna say. It. Is, I'm just gonna say. It. I'm gonna say. It. I'm gonna say it. Coming down the pike. Well, because yeah. So we'll get to the mailbag, but but <laughs> like Franklin had an opportunity against Michigan to shake a monkey off his back and wilted like the daisy. All right, and um, and he, this coming week he's got another opportunity. He does, and it's really just gonna be. I mean, I, 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 it's like what? What's the? What's what is it like? Um, insanity. You know how it, I feel right now. I feel like the that old adage: "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me." Yeah, and well, I feel the, like and, and the I'm definition the of insanity along with it. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like um, we are uh, gonna same expect thing, expecting a different result. How, how optimistic can we continue to be with the with the the patterns that are set? You know, like if he sets further yeah. cements these patterns moving forward, like what? What are we supposed to do for the next four years of James Franklin? Four plus years of James Franklin because you can't even fire the mm. guy. Wow, Here, he's unfireable. 
Here's how Ben Jones put it in statecollege.com. The theory has always been the same. Keep knocking on the door and you'll eventually be let in. There's something to be said for that. At the same time, the more you fail to open the door, the more people despise the knocking in the first place. <laughs> I mean, it's a right? great quote. That's a great line. That's a great thought. Like despite to to despise knocking in the first place. It's like it's like quit annoying us with your incessant knocking. He just doesn't rise to the occasion. His teams mm-hmm. don't. He doesn't. And I hate. I'm just gonna say it. I hate seeing him on the sideline the way he is totally dejected, not even interacting with his team with his arms crossed, not even talking on his headset barely. Like, what is Franklin doing as a head coach? On game day, what is he doing? All right, we're 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 getting oh I'm we're getting, get, I, let's 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 the let's raging take, bull is coming. <laughs> let's take a let's take a quite a slight pause in our froth fest. And, I don't think um, I can. Oh, Let's open up the mailbag. Mailbag time. Okay. So we, uh, someone has taken up the challenge. We have an entry that is not Joel Bettner. I'm really delighted. Um, we're going to give you Joel's uh, entry as well, but I want to start with Scott Hagerman. Scott, thanks for writing in. Um, he he wrote a nice, uh, a nice little remark about... Um, trying to tune into the Northwestern game in the middle of a, 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 a I think it was a wedding and being completely confused about the score line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, and then he um, had a lot of nervous energy leading up to the Michigan game. And so this entry came in actually Saturday morning. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to still say it. It's, this is a trivia question. Okay. And I think it's relevant because it's related to another season that was ruined by Michigan. Um, he says there have been some memorable Michigan games throughout the years. And one that I attended back in 99 did not end well for the lions. That was the year that we lost a close one to Minnesota, which derailed the rest of the season. The game against Michigan was going well and the lions had the lead in the fourth quarter until a backup quarterback engineered a comeback for the Wolverines. Who was the quarterback? Well, it would have been before Chad Henney's time. And like my brain remembers John Navarre, who was like <laughs> a decent or above average Michigan quarterback. Um, it was after Brian Greasy's time because his his senior year, I think, it was ninety seven when they had the quote national title, um, that everyone just lets them have, even though it was like a shared title somehow. I don't even know. Somehow Penn State didn't get a shared title in ninety four, but somehow Michigan did in ninety seven. Dumb. Um. Uh, ninety nine. I mean, like I don't remember the game. I don't remember Here's this game. What I that, think. Hold on. Hold on. Can I tell you hold, what I think? Hold on. Let me. T- Hold on. You're going to be able to talk. You asked me. You asked me, and I'm not done. Go ahead. Shut your mouth. All right? You're buying time here. You're stalling. So so this was your senior year in high or college, excuse me, and I was was at the Minnesota game the week before. I was at that game as well in the student section. You were in the student section. I was with our grandfather, Gathman, um, in the stands. Worst game of my life. We dejectedly watched Minnesota kick that, throw that bomb into field goal range and kick a last second field goal. It was horrible. Unbelievable. 
Lavar Arrington should be still ashamed of himself. Were we number kidding. one at that time? We were at one I think, point. I think we were number two in this game. They, we dropped out of the number one rankings kind of at some point in the season. Our offense it was a two quarterback system that was strange, by the yeah. way. So uh, this was Lavar Arrington defense era. Yes, though. it was his his yeah. his junior year with Courtney Brown and Brandon Short and Mac Morrison and a bunch of other really good defenders, by the way. But the point is, after that, my brain kind of like goes dark. After that Minnesota game, <laughs> yeah, so I don't remember what, what happened in the Minnesota. Michigan game because yeah. you just like immediately want to forget the next loss too. So what uh, sucks about this is to this upcoming game a, against ex- Minnesota. Exactly. What sucks about like this question is that like you know that this is a long history of Penn State falling short now since 1994. Like oh my gosh, Joe Pa, so who you know, and and Franklin of, of teams falling short. Sadly, but. To answer the question, I can't remember. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I so I had a hunch, and then I decided I had to look it up um, to because he doesn't give us the the answer in the email. Um, so my guess was that it was Tom Brady, just because, like, who, who else, what other Michigan quarterback would you, you know, be asking in a trivia question for? And I uh, went back, of co- and it was indeed Tom Brady. We got got by the GOAT. Um and Damn, um, <sighs> I mean, he wasn't even a great. He wasn't year, even but. a great uh, college quarterback. Uh, he was fine. He played well. He wasn't like, but he wasn't like Kerry Collins lights out, you know. Um, and then it just he elevated himself after the you know Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Um, but yeah, sucks. Sucks to. This is a sucky question because it reminds me of how. You know, dejected losing those three games were, and it's just like we we were then in the Alamo Bowl against Texas A and M, and like Texas A and M was like a whatever team, you yeah. know. And I just I, winning that game didn't even feel great. We won twenty to nothing. We just the defense like obliterated them. Terry Sandusky's last game, by the way. Um, and oh my gosh, <laughs> but like even that win didn't feel good. It just no, didn't. It's right. a yeah. bad taste in the mouth after a three loss uh, ending, and like man. Now, so By basically, way, we're are we facing ourselves an zero and three stretch? Is the question right? That'll, that'll, you know, that'll did, whatever did else Michigan, happens, just just leave a, a bad taste in our mouth. By yeah. the way, just you know, I I found an old write up of this game just to look for that answer. A uh, couple of interesting themes. Uh, Quote by Joe Paterno, the running game has been killing us. We can't get anything on the ground, and that's dictating a lot what people are doing against us. All right, and then here's another one from, uh, I guess it was fullback Mike Saramelli. Saramelli. I'm more disgusted than upset this week. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it feels well, familiar. Our quarterback system that year with Rashard Casey and Kevin Thompson, like it didn't have downfield passing like chops. Rashard Casey was a runner with this year as well. Exactly. Like, and, that's that's why know, I'm bringing it up. What we haven't up. talked about, and maybe we'll talk about as we get into Minnesota is quarterback. I mean, Sean Clifford has just had, I think it kind of goes without saying at this point, games. <laughs> it goes so, without saying this point that, that Clifford is a problem for us. You know, here's, um, so thanks. Thanks Scott for that. It let us down a bad memory lane. It would have been more fun to <laughs> talk about if we had won. No, but, let's um, wallow. This is a wallowing week. You know, so here's or, Joel, um, Joel Bettner with his, uh, would you rather, and this is a doozy. Would you rather, Tom, have James Franklin as our head coach? <laughs> or? Or Jim Harbaugh as our head coach? Uh, 
after after I'm thinking, seven years of of bashing Jim Harbaugh and hating on him. I'm thinking. So, <laughs> well, let's put it this way: Harbaugh has won multiple big games at this point in his career. Now he did flounder on the national stage in the college football playoff last year, but, but he, got he got there. there. But he got there and he beat Ohio State when they were really good last year, by the way. I mean, their defense was a problem, I guess, you know, obviously. But, like, I mean, they they still had a great offense last year. And they beat him. So, and he's doing it with, like, not the most incredible recruiting classes, but he found, uh, he's found a couple of good quarterbacks these last two years that are actually up to the task. You he's know? recruiting to his system. He's de- yeah, and what it, does Penn State have a system that it, that actually is viable in the big games? Like the Joe Moorhead like offense has let even with Joe Moorhead has let Penn State down in the biggest games. But Joe, here's what Joe Moorhead did: he took a team that had a obviously subpar offensive line and found a way to put together an offense that could put up massive amounts of points. Fair. And what Kirk Sharaka and uh you know Mike Yurcich have failed to do is to take under James a better Franklin. Line, right. Is to have take a better line with, you know, okay, so you don't have Saquon, but you still have a lot of good pieces and you just you can't you Okay, you can't let's go back to the question at hand. Better. Yeah, let's, would you rather have fu- Franklin or Harbaugh as your head coach? Listen. <laughs> this is gonna I take Harbaugh. Yeah. I take Harbaugh. And it's not even a hard question. The only thing that makes it hard is that he's a Michigan man. Like, but at, <laughs> and at he's the end kind of, the, of a tool. At the end of the day, what like I don't care if like you have endeared yourself to me somehow and look good on the in the hype train. Like Harbaugh does not care about the hype train at this point in his like he is done with a little antics in the offseason. Um he he is settled into just like hey we're gonna play football all right and um and he made a statement against James Franklin his team made a, a emphatic statement I mean Harbaugh and, and Franklin have been kind of compared. evenly matched over the years right yeah and yeah. Uh, boy this just kind of blew that out of the water well um, Penn State in, in in general has not been able to win in, in Michigan all too often. Um, yeah, well, and there's also been a pattern of Penn state, like getting blown out in the big house. Yeah. So I'll I'll take, if we could just be like, yeah, click Harbaugh's our coach. I take it. Cause I honestly, like I'm, (laughs) I don't know, by the way, I I don't, if that means we don't have to pay his buyout, especially, you know, like (laughs) if we have to pay his buyout, I don't think we're taking anyone alternate universe. Right. Yeah. Um, here's, here's what. Joel says he's with you. He says, um, I go with Harbaugh. And before you act like, you know, that's a ridiculous thing. Consider this Harbaugh has beaten Ohio state. The same number of times as Franklin Harbaugh has coached teams that get better over the season. The players get better over their years on the team. Objectively not true with James Franklin. Harbaugh has a winning record against Franklin. Harbaugh has made the college football playoff. Harbaugh seems to be building a program for sustainable success. And the biggest one for me, says Joel, is that Harbaugh seems to care more about winning than he does about money. That's true. It seems While that Franklin way. Franklin was getting a gigantic pay raise for mediocrity. Harbaugh willingly took a pay cut. That's a very good point. That's Bottom actually line, one of the- I, 
I don't believe Franklin will ever get us within sniffing distance of a national title. I also agree that he will not get us within sniffing distance of a national title. I uh, I 100% agree with that. Unless unless the most unlikely of scenarios happens and all of the fluky luck rolls his way in 15 straight games. <laughs> you know? Like uh, I, whatever whatever has been happening behind the scenes at Penn State, the pieces are not coming together. Now I, I, again, like I'm, I like being an optimistic person. I like it. He has taken my the longest leash of my optimism, and he has eradicated the leash. It, there, it's gone. Like the, there's no more room. There's no more room for the optimism until he shows us, gives us reason to be. And like we have, we don't have the reason for optimism. The only like the only thing that I can point to right now for like a reason for optimism, and it's barely going to do anything is that he has drew Aller sitting there. Right. Yeah, and, and like, what, and that's, what are you, what's left, but what are you going to do with it? That keeps you from putting Aller on the field. What, what are we going to do with it? Like what, what, what can he do with a quarterback that like we have, he's had Christian Hackenberg. He's had Trace McSorley. He's had Sean Clifford and they've all had their worst seasons in their last year under him. Sean Clifford is in his worst effort as a quarterback this year. I mean, yeah, he's only had two interceptions. Cool. Like, that's not telling the tale of, of Sean Clifford's, like, efficiency at quarterback. I mean, you just look uh, at his, it on the field. It precisely. Is, precisely. It is terribly, terribly inconsistent. He might throw it, for less yards than he did in a shortened um, uh, 2020, 2020 pandemic season. Like he's on, yeah. he's on pace for just barely over that yardage total passing. And that's just like uh, it's head scratching, is what it is. Yeah. Well, and, it's you know, well, it's on par. It's on par yeah. with what Franklin has shown in his quarterback development career. And okay, being so, a quarterback, you're just like you were a quarterback, dude. You were an offensive coordinator. You got you were an offensive coordinator at Kansas State. You were an offensive coordinator at Maryland. Like who? How are you running offenses? Like how? What the heck is going on with you, with you as a as a producer of quarterback talent and um like just there's been no progression at the quarterback position under James Franklin and it's just been it's been tough to watch and I, I so the optimism that I possess for that one little piece of true Aller could be better than Sean Clifford and I think he will be but like is he capable of sustaining that and getting better over time that optimism is very is hanging on by a thread. Well, you know, Clifford apparently was injured in the Michigan game. And um, that's the reason that we saw Aller at the end of the game. By the way, Aller didn't really make a difference in the game at that point. No. Now, it was the wrong, I mean, it was, was the wrong time to, to go to him as far as, like, expecting anything to happen. You just had yeah, – Clifford was hurt. Clifford that, was hurt. Clifford was the hurt. The position that they were in, uh, our offense was in at the time, was that we needed points. We were – throwing one dimensional situation. Michigan had their ears pinned back um, with a, with a very f a small four man front and a lot of guys in coverage and our offense couldn't even hold up against. Here's a question. I their have four man front. So it, you know, Aller just wasn't in a good situation. Here's a question so, I have. Even so he was 50% completion percentage compared to the 36. My assumption is they didn't get him ready to play in that game. 
That's my assumption. My assumption is they didn't give him like all the all the number one reps or even work with the number one team a ton. Like even my, play calling, you're not giving him a chance for success with a, right. what, what was called for him. So I I don't know. So Look, here's my question. Here's my question. Yeah, here's my question. What's your question? Do, uh, going back to to after our Northwestern game before our bye week. I was pining for going into the bye week, getting Drew Aller ready to be your starting quarterback at Michigan. Yeah. At, In hindsight at the now, game. Yeah. what do you think they should have done? Do you think that they, and I'm not talking about what the, what they would have done. I'm saying what they should have done. Like what, if you were pulling the strings, would you have made the decision to go away from a obviously floundering Sean Clifford to your stud, five-star, number one high school quarterback recruit, f- true freshman. Like, obviously the you're run game wasn't the there, so you, needed to stre- so you needed to stretch the field. In order to have you're a run game, in, in order to run have a run game that in that game or have a run game in that game against Michigan, you had to stretch the defense, and they di- could not do it at all. I think I think you do. Here, I, I in retrospect. You should have started Drew Aller. And I think you put your foot forward with a short passing offense that you mix in some long passes, loosen up the middle so you can get the run game going. I think mostly our wide receivers, including our tight ends, which, by the way, had Mm. one target all day. Mm. I think our wide receivers are better in short passing than they are in long passing. We just don't have the speed to get open long, except for maybe Harrison Wallison or Amari Evans. Yeah, that 48, uh, who was it? Trey Wallace had that 48-yard yeah, or 46-yard reception, which was Clifford a great it, throw and catch. Put it right in the bread But it was the only throw and that catch the, that was worth a damn. I think Drew Aller gives you better opportunity. I don't know what you're seeing in practice. I don't know what's going on, but I think like his quickness, his accuracy, and his decision-making – are much, much, much better. And I, that's what I would have done. I would have said, you know, use some short passing, mix in the longer passes to loosen up the defense, and then you get the run game going. I think they've overvalue Clifford's ability to, like, do anything pre-snap. I think they, they are, and, and that everything post-snap is where he crumbles. So, like... hundred percent. So, I mean, so the actual 100%. game itself, the actual execution of playing the game of football... Once the ball is snapped, Clifford is a D minus, and 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 maybe he's an A plus in the pre snap stuff. That and that's why you have him in there because he can quote run your plays and your scheme. But if he can't produce anything once the ball is snapped, what are you doing? You do, he's you, a coin flip on uh, reading the defense on his best day. He's a he's coin a flip. coin flip on. <laughs> on um, making decisions. He's a coin flip on execution of throwing mechanics. Yeah. So it, 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 would, it would seem to me that r- simplifying an offense for your young guy and letting the better quarterback in your letting young the better guy talent. let him I mean, get that's what going they did and give your JJ offense McCarthy. the spark. That's exactly. What, that's what Michigan's done with J.J. McCarthy, right? It's a, a vanilla offense for your young quarterback who has much much greater talent look he's he i mean i don't know what his percentage against penn state was but he came into it almost 80 percent of his his completion and he's one of the best in the country if not the best uh, he he was top in the country going into the game yeah so again i, I you know i think 
it's just another interesting point of comparison where you're putting out a guy who you know is not going to get you there rather than going with the next guy who you've already got on your squad and getting him ready now. And Michigan, for this year anyway, they've done a tremendous job of utilizing their you know they're they're talented quarterback. They know what they are. They have identity, and they and they mm. and everyone else knows what they're going to do. But they know what they're going to do, and they execute it. Yeah, and Mike Yurcich, um, here we are. Look now, it's you could say the same for Michigan for the last few years. What is their offensive identity? They couldn't get it going, and they finally found the formula. But like Penn State has been floundering under Kirk Sharaka. And now two years under Mike Yurcich trying to do something and just not being able to do it. Like, when yeah. are you going to learn and say, look, what, what we're trying to do isn't going to happen. You got to adjust. Yeah. And they, find didn't an they didn't make no adjustments your, in that game. They made no adjustments your, in that game. Your strengths and, and avoid your weaknesses. They so, stuck with yeah, what was floundering in that game. JJ McCarthy yeah, really, was seventy really, percent. McCarthy was seventy percent in that game. He did have the interception, but that again, that didn't affect them at all in the outcome of the game. Um, right. Look, l- we do have a Minnesota game coming up, and um, I think we should just talk about it a little bit, and it'll give us a chance to talk about, like, you know, what can we expect? What hope is there? Uh, the truth is, I in some ways, Minnesota is Michigan light. I don't know how Penn State has opened as a seven-point favorite in this game. Uh, I guess it's at home. I guess it's the whiteout, and they get, they're giving the points for that. But like, they've got a very, very talented running back, and they've got a very, very strong rush defense. I, 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 I don't. Mo, Mo Ibrahim concerns me. Yeah. Hey, right, look time. here. Let's 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 go with just some some details here from the get go. Uh, Minnesota, uh, they're in the Big Ten West. They're sitting at four and two. They're coming off of a two-game losing streak now. Okay, so that's one thing to keep in mind. They lost to Purdue uh, twenty to ten, and that was without their star running back Mo Ibrahim. And then Mo Ibrahim was back last week. I think he had over hundred yards rushing, but they still lost to. Um, a surging Illinois team. So, you know, Minnesota's a team coming in, trying to turn things around. Um, they're coached by PJ Fleck. Uh, he's the row the boat guy. And they, he's the you know, row the boat guy. <laughs> he's been <laughs> um, trying to get Minnesota to that, you know, upper level of the Big Ten West. Not quite there yet, um, but they've looked a lot better consistently in the last few years this year for them has been a little bit of a a sort of a a reunion tour because guess who's back coaching their offense oh you mean redemption rocka kirk (laughs) sharaka kirk sharaka uh after um a season after getting fired uh he was a, a, a offensive consultant with west virginia and P.J. Fleck hired him back. He's the guy that orchestrated the offense with the same quarterback, Tanner Morgan, that beat us in 2019. Last time, we were undefeated. I guess we were undefeated last year, too. But uh, in 2019, we were undefeated, and Minnesota knocked us off at Minnesota. That was the undoing of Sean Clifford's uh, juice. Uh, Sean Clifford never got his juice back after that, basically. Seriously. Um, 
never did. Um, so, so that's who we've got coming in. Um, Kirk Sharaka's offense seemed to be rolling for the first four games, and the last two games it, they've they've struggled. So I'm I don't really know what we're going to see from the from the offensive perspective. But um, this game is going to be a seven thirty game. It's a whiteout game in Beaver Stadium, and we'll Tom be there. and I <laughs> will be present for that game in Beaver Stadium. And like we said at the top, I'm seriously second guessing that decision at this point. <laughs> It's hard not to. It's hard. It's hard to think that we're gonna write the ship and like come back as a as a strong team in a game against a a team that also is begging to have a strong effort. You know, like because we haven't righted the ship since 2019. Yeah. When it's you true. know, I mean, we lost that Minnesota game, and then we came back and lost the Ohio State game right on the heels of it. We beat Rutgers to close out the season. But then we like everyone's like excited about the Memphis Cotton Bowl game. I was not excited about that game. Not really. We not, almost not, lost not as like an we, opponent, but, no, but at least but we also won. Like, <laughs> we didn't play well in that game. In the Minnesota like, game? Or sorry, no, in the in the Memphis game? In the Memphis game. The I mean, defense they, didn't play uh, they, well. Memphis I don't know. hung with us. Uh, yeah, Memphis did hang I'm with just us. Saying, but, it but, wasn't Hold on, you're you're kind of remembering that game a little a little differently. You re- I'm like, not. Our rush, our rush, uh, our running attack was very very dominant in that game. It was very dominant. Our defense and our finally defense did came make strong at the they, end. They made the plays that sealed the deal on defense too. Micah Parsons had an all world game, um, but and, Sean and, Clifford had an abysmal uh, game. He sure did, and no one talked about it. Everybody was just like, "Oh, he had a great first season," and you know he wasn't relied upon in the in the in the Memphis Cotton bowl game to, to win it because we had a good run game going but then and then we had the covid year set aside the covid year well no don't set aside the covid year because we got we're done setting the aside the COVID indiana year. we're done setting we aside. got smacked in the face by indiana and then we like went on a five game skid we couldn't get our feet under us and then last year five and oh got you know punched in the mouth by iowa got our you know, lunch handed to us in the trenches by Illinois, and we like finished seven and five. Or, I think you know, Franklin's it like I think the way Franklin is as a person with his personality and his character and like just how he operates as a human being, I think is once he gets to like he said in the post game, I'm surprised. We didn't like. I forget the exact words he said, but I'm surprised we didn't compete. Is basically what he was saying. Like I'm surprised by the outcome today. He was surprised we lost the way we did, because I don't think he actually. I don't think he has a good feel for like what his team is and what and getting it up and prepared. And then once he loses, I I think he himself mu- must exude some sort of like um like a wounded baby like deer that's just like ready <laughs> to be pounced on you know like like yeah. hey this thing's up for grabs like come and pick at our carcass like he just can't get his team like to write this ship in, in, in quick enough um reaction <laughs> you know to be able to like hey turn it around you know he his losses come in bunches by and large if past is prologue we know this script we've seen it before so i'm concerned about this minnesota game um i'm concerned I mean, the, the question you got to ask is you know what is going to happen 
leading up to this game that is going to change that narrative. That's going to yeah. What's the week look like? Stop that pattern. His process has never stopped the pattern. What's what are the coaches going to do in the game plan? What are the players going to do? Who's going to take charge of this thing and say, "I'm not going to let this thing end like like that." You know, I mean, thinking back to another Minnesota game, the 2016 Minnesota game, where our backs were against the wall. Franklin yeah. was getting ready to get fired, basically. Yeah. Gosh, you know, I almost wish it never. I almost wish we never won that Minnesota game. <laughs> <laughs> Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley overtime drew a line in the sand and said, "We are yeah, who not are going to let this game go down?" Sean Clifford We're, can't be the leader at this point because he's incapable. Who to- is going to? <laughs> who is going to make it happen? You know, who's going to say, "No, this stops with me." Yeah, you know, it almost is where, like where, it almost is like the players need to figure out a way to win despite the coaches. <laughs> forget the coaches. It's about yeah. you on the field. Yeah, like hey, find a way to get like, it done. Where's the players only meeting to to nip this in totally. the bud, you know? Especially like if you're a senior right now, like how like the last 4 years of your uh seasons have gone down the drain at some point, to at least as far as what you were in position to be able to accomplish. Every year besides the COVID year, the last of the last four years, three of those last four years, you were in position to elevate the program. You were in position to, um, and regardless if you were overhyped or over, you know, ranked or whatever the heck it was, you still had the opportunity to, and it all came crashing down. And yeah. as a senior leader, like who is capable of of like of like rallying the troops and getting everybody on the same page and fighting and scrapping and clawing and not just like receding into the, into the shadows and letting, letting Minnesota make an example of of another Franklin team. I think the thing, if the coaches are going to do anything, they've got to do something to pierce the, you know, malaise that's descended on this team every time they've had a loss. Yeah, and I do think one of the ways you do that is you show that there's consequences for poor for poor performance by benching I, Sean Clifford. <laughs> I, th- I mean, to, honestly, I mean that's yeah. going to send a message. Well, this the team needs a jolt somehow, and yeah. I do believe that you can't go back to Sean Clifford. I just don't think you can unless and he might be injured still. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it, it may be not even in the coach's hands. I don't. I have no idea what his injury is. I, it didn't look like. Anything seriously? Yeah, he he, he kind of he, he got, took that shot on the sideline, but then he, he scrambled, went, took a shot on the sideline. He got, line. It he was got up hard. and he and he went he played the next play. Yeah, and so I mean, maybe it was a you know, maybe it was like there was a head a head who uh, knows concussion. I think it's, no, I think it's a shoulder. It was a shoulder thing. Um, yeah. But regardless, uh, give, give the kid a, like a shot against a winnable game in a winnable game against the winnable it opponent. Was, it was winnable. I mean, the, the game was no, I'm, still I'm talk- somewhat no, in reach. I'm talking about, oh, Minnesota. talking about Minnesota. I'm talking, talking about bringing about, him in yeah. and giving Start him a him shot with the number ones all week. Give him a game, a game plan, plan that works. around him. If they're capable of doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the game plan should be figure out how to stretch the field a little bit. He's got he's the he's the guy with the arm for it. Because yeah, Clifford put in Amari can't, Evans. Clifford can't you know, anticipate his receivers breaking, and he never he never throws his receivers open. He just has to; they have to be wide open, and he then throws the ball 
Like, and then they they camp under it for a minute, right? Waiting for for the ball to catch up to where so, they are. So, so, and I think that a young guy who doesn't have the you know <laughs> who hasn't been seasoned like Clifford has behind a bad offensive line can still hang in the pocket and deliver throws because Clifford is not really doing that to to at a very good. Um, <laughs> good at all um so so you know can you can you get a spark behind this guy that's what you got to find out at this point because clifford doesn't provide that spark for you at this juncture i'm sorry I, uh, he just on doesn't. the offensive side uh penn state's gonna have some real struggles okay um they're a, a very strong well-coached defense they held michigan state to seven points they held purdue to 20 points purdue's high-flying offense they held yeah. to 20 points um they rank 20th in rush defense in the country. By the way, you know Penn State went into that Michigan game fifth in rush defense? Right. <laughs> do you know what do you know what we are now? Oh gosh, I don't. 56th. Oh, that's bad. We're now 56th. We dropped after 51 spots in our rush defense because of Michigan. That's I mean, that, that might be the one of the worst drops in. That might be one of the worst performances for a quote top 5 defense in rushing unbelievable that has ever existed um so they're 20th in rush defense they're also number five in pass yards allowed yeah no yeah no no their, their defense has been lights out for against every opponent essentially so so you know whoever and i don't is, think we're the ones to expose them yeah whoever's <laughs> at the helm um is going to have a rough day. I, I, I yeah, think but it's at but it's at home. It's at we home. have the white adder back. Like this is the correct game to put Drew Aller in a position to what win. What got to lose at this point? And by the way, you have a lot to lose with Sean Clifford. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like get a spark. Um, I, I think that game plan that we just talked about, where you know you you start out with a short passing game. Sprinkle in some long throws, loosen up the center of that defense and get your run game going that I talked about for Michigan. I think that can work here against Minnesota. And I I think you need someone who's going to be quick and accurate and a good decision maker. That's not Sean Clifford. Put Drew Aller out there. You you just can't defend putting Sean back out there at this point. I don't think really. Not Not after those two games. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if. Franklin's like, no, he's our leader. We're going to him. Like I, that I mean, won't surprise it's kind me at of all. Expected at this, it is. Point. It is actually expected. But um, it feels indefensible. It, <laughs> I, it, I think it is indefensible. I think it is at this juncture, in in year six, we've seen it through uh, the half the season already. Like what? I mean, if I'm what's Mike he shown Mercedes, us? By the way, this is my recruit. My right. game. Right. You know, my career is on the right. line. Like I'm just saying. Like look. I know I'm done at the end of the season if I don't get it going. Let me see what I can do with my guy. You're only going to, if he is as good as we think he is, you're only going to get him for two more seasons unless there's a, another COVID year and he sits out before going pro. <laughs> Micah Parsons. Uh, we had one, we had <laughs> one, one full one season year. with Micah Parsons mm. as a starter. What and a he was a far, he was our, our five star that has gone on to the NFL to be elite. And, and if you don't, Give these guys their opportunities. They're gone before you ever squeeze as much out of them as you as you wanted to. So you gotta give it to them. You just give gotta to put them. them out there. Give them the rock. You got Look, you got you are you literally already know what Clifford is. There's no other level. There isn't. There isn't. So on the opposite side of the ball, Penn State's defense 
is going to have a do-over, okay? Yeah. They're going to have a do-over. They have a chance to stop a very, very strong rushing offense and see if they can make a quarterback that is has a strong completion rate but isn't going to destroy you with downfield passing in Tanner Morgan. All right. Um, Tanner Morgan hasn't been having the best of seasons. He's got seven touchdowns to five interceptions. Okay. Yeah. And the losses, he was looking great before the two losses. uh, And then in the two losses, he was not looking great. He's still better completion percentage than, than Clifford 67%. And he also has four rushing touchdowns. Um, But um, this is a long time guy. He's been there. He's, he's steady Eddie. He has 31 wins at Minnesota. Most ever for a Minnesota quarterback. Um, here's an interesting little wrinkle. He was injured in the fourth quarter of that Illinois game. Oh, really? One of the Illinois d- defensive backs when he was scrambling, um, looked like he, I mean, it was a linebacker. looked like he was trying to bring his fist around and strip the ball. He actually punched him in the side of the helmet and he wow. was taken to the hospital after the game. He's not as of, cur- as of currently, there's no ruling yet for him uh, playing on Saturday. Yeah, there's there's nothing that says anything. Um, he apparently was talking and whatnot. You know, it doesn't seem to be like a, who was that Tua with the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, right? But uh, you do wonder if they're going to be just a little extra cautious after that Tua situation. Is it possible that we don't see Tanner Morgan? I think it's possible, but um, you know, as it is, Tanner Morgan is really. In, this is Kirk Shiraka's offense, remember? He is right. a manager of a run-first offense. And okay. Tanner has, has has in you know, anytime Shiraka was his OC, including this year, Tanner has produced very well, by and large. So he's back with the guy that got him, that got him you know, um, notoriety for being a, a Big Ten quarterback, essentially, under P.J. Fleck and under Kirk Shiraka. He's, he's, people know him. And, he, and he, by the way, I think he's a six-year senior as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, Tanner Morgan, you know, if he's being asked to win the game for you, that will be a real success for Penn State because the heart of the Minnesota offense is their run game, all right? It's um, captained by a guy named Muhammad Ibrahim, Mo Ibrahim. Um, He has nearly 700 yards on the season so far, 6.7 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. And they have a pretty decent backup too, a guy named Trey Potts from none other than Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Right. Former Williamsport millionaire. Uh, He has 304 yards rushing on the season for 4.9 yards per carry and another three yards excuse me, three touchdowns on the ground. So even though their overall um, offensive production is pretty balanced, um, rushing to passing uh, within 100 yards of each other, they've run 100 more rushing plays than passing plays this season. Wow. Yeah, they run first for sure. So what you're telling me, Andy, is that a game plan should be put in place on defense where we stop the run and make the quarterback try and beat you? I think that's what you want to see. And huh. like I said, I it's you know, Penn State's gonna get a do-over this week with the Minnesota offense to try to do what they couldn't do against Michigan. And I'm worried because it was obvious what we should have done last week. And we not only did we not do it, we like didn't do it in the worst way possible. <laughs> we literally laid down for what Michigan wanted to do, essentially, is what it felt I mean, like. There there was there were holes so big 
that like I could have gotten 10 yards if I was carrying the football. It was we did not it, challenge it, them. Michigan, if you draw draw up a uh, a game plan for Michigan, Michigan had everything they wanted the way they wanted it from the ac- the first snap of the game. They we put up zero resistance. Yeah. So, zero resistance. So, a uh, uh, one positive thing about the idea of making Tanner Morgan have to beat us is they did lose their best wide receiver early in the season I believe if, if not right before the season started maybe in the first game I forget which but so they are sh- like thin at, at at wide receiver from a like who their best guys are so that's helpful yeah, right with now trying to make their top receiving target is their tight end Right, a guy named Brevin Span Ford um, but they've got about four guys that are over um over 200 yards receiving. So they're spreading it around a lot. There's no one that really jumps off the page from a receiver standpoint. No one who's really stretching the field for, us for them. either, by the way. <laughs> I know, right? Friendly so, reminder. So, you know, again, I, I mean, I kind of still want to, I, I feel like I, you can trust our defensive backs. You can trust our, our passing defense. You just got to stop the run. You know, they, they've got a star here. I mean, he, the, Mo Abraham was in conversation for the Heisman. Uh, last year before he, um, you know, got injured, he he's in conversation for the Heisman again this year before they started losing. So um, you really just got to say, look, we're going to shut this guy down. We're going to shut the run game down. We know what kind of offense Kirk Sharaka runs. We know what we need to do. Now we just got to go out and do it. And I don't know if we can. I'm going to give Manny Diaz the benefit of the doubt that he will like Correct his mistakes. I think so. I'm. I'm. At least I'm not saying I think he will, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he will, because he has produced a good defense up up until last week. Okay. Um, I have less faith in Yursich because I've seen the Yursich offense and the lack of adjustments yep. and the lack of game plans and lack of consistency uh, and and the offensive line basically not looking good yet again. Um, so I have less, I have less, uh, you know, I, I, I have less hope in the offense than I do the defense. The defense I think is going to need to play a very, uh, like an Auburn like game, um, to, uh, which by the way, that's the kind of game the, the Auburn game defense is the defense you wanted to put forth against Michigan. Totally. Where was that? I, it wasn't there. They didn't even try it. I don't get it, but they're going to need to go back it. to that. Um, especially with it being at home, I, I like at home, you have the crowd with you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta uh, disrupt and create havoc and <laughs> you just have I to, think right? we'll and know, not just a couple times. You have to do it the whole game. I think we'll know within the first two possessions of each team, what kind of game this is going to be. And is it going to be a game that's, you know, a, a, a continuation of the Michigan game, or is it a game that's going to have a different tenor, energy and focus on the part of Penn state. Because as we said, you know, uh, defense travels, the run game travels. That's what Minnesota brings to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we'll find out pretty quick, you know, how are we manning up in the trenches? Whether or not we're able to execute in a different way. Yeah. By the way, um, by the way, Quick quote from Fleck. Um, I think this is from today. Uh, he said, Tanner is doing um, very well. Woke up on Sunday morning. Surprisingly felt really good, which is great. He was evaluated at the medical center right after the game, which I know all of you saw. He was cleared by the medical teams and the medical staffs where he was at uh, where he was at to be able to fly home with the team. So 
you know, things are not dire for that guy right now. They just have to assess him throughout the week. And I think it'll be more of a, not necessarily a game time decision, but I think the end of the week is when we'll maybe hear if he's going or not. Uh, to I mean, be they're not the even game. saying like the injury is a concussion, but that's sort of, if you, if you, see replays of the play he went down on it, that there was a blow to the head. So I think it really all, I don't know what the protocols in the big 10 are. Honestly, I won't be surprised but, if Tanner can't play, but I, yeah. I, my guess is they're playing it close so that they can like of keep course. Penn state off balance with, with who, who to course. expect. I guess what I'm saying is it may be a medical decision where totally because you're t- talking about potential concussion, he may feel fine, but he's still being held out because, uh, you know, because of concussion symptoms. So for what and it's not, worth, not so much because of he isn't incapable of playing, but because of the risk of re-injury, which is really what the, you know, the, the real danger of concussion is that you sure. get another one on top of it before you fully healed. So, but we we don't have that information. I think we may, like you're right, you're right, Tom. I think we may not find out till game time. So for what it's worth, um, the at least according to ES, the ESPN matchup for our game, um, currently uh, we are a four and a half point favorite. Um, I mean that's an evenly matched. I, game I think right that's there. much much more fair compared to a seven point favorite. Um, but um, but with Tanner Morgan out, that line could shift. I think. Um, and again, by the way, to those who are out there, we don't gamble on on the games. This is just a like a a reference point for for us and for you as Vegas typically is pretty close. Um, and they were way off on the Michigan game. Um, b- by <laughs> oh the way, gosh. but um, uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's a helpful to kind of see what's the mood out yeah. there. And right yeah. now, Penn State's getting just a little bit of that home field advantage. I personally like I, I you know we're going to move here into like quote unquote predictions. And I just got to say, I'm completely befuddled. I, Uh, on paper, I feel like Penn state should be the better team, but based on the history of this team, uh, based on the history of James Franklin, I could see a very flat Penn state. I could see very flat Penn state. I could see us just getting, you know, I could see Minnesota jumping on us and start a quarterback. Like that will also affect how I feel about what, we can do, but I'm not saying it'll make me like be able to predict better. Like with Drew Alar out there, I don't. I don't think I'll be able to predict the appropriate score. Um, but we are in a. This is this is an opportunity for Franklin to get a monkey off his back yet again. And last week I had the optimism for it, and this week I don't. You know. I mean, we're not stoked on this 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 week's game. Like we're just not. Are like, you? How are can you, you be? It's very a Penn tough. State to... win. Are you predicting a Penn State? Oh. Win? <laughs> that's, the, that's, I'm, pre- that's. I'm going to predict a Penn start, State right? win, like I picked predicted a, a Michigan, you know, Penn State over Michigan win. I'm going to predict like, it. You feel in your heart we will lose, but you. I don't want to say. Like, I felt like we would lose <laughs> the Michigan game more than I felt feel we'll lose this game. You know, like I don't, I don't think for certain that we're going to lose this game, but I am terrified that we will. Like I, I can, I, I absolutely can see that 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 we can lose this game. Um, <laughs> for as much as I say, bringing in Drew Lar now is like the perfect time for him, as far as like it, it's a perfect scenario in that like 
you know, hey, it's a home crowd. Like, um, but it's also not a perfect scenario to be breaking in a f- true freshman. Like, we just lost our worst game of the season, and now you're going to rely on your, your true freshman to carry us out of the depths of hey, hell? It's big time football. Yeah. Like, you know, show your worth. That's kind of like, you know, it's time to, to be a man and step into a challenging situation and show what you're worth and not be afraid of it. You know, if Aller's going to be that guy, let's find out. That's what I think. If he's going to be that guy, let's find out. You just got to get him started. I I mean, you just got to start getting him experience now. Rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Like it, I'd rather lose with him gaining, um, you know, positive experience right now than lose with Clifford being a dead end situation. I, I just don't see a scenario where Sean Clifford wins you this game. I can see a scenario where he maybe doesn't lose you the game, but right. I just don't see a scenario where he wins you the game. I, you know, and I it's don't just really also trust- weird to me that Sean Clifford is running a an NIL business as a sixth year senior with an office in downtown State College. Like, how are you supposed to have been locked in on you know getting your sixth year season right while you're starting a a full blown business? Maybe like, Clifford like, should pull I, a Devin Ford and focus I, I, on his education. I just, I just, <laughs> like, it's, I think it's fine to do that at like smaller school ball clubs and, and lesser conferences where like, you know, you're not going to the pros. But if you wanted to go to the pros and be an NFL quarterback this year and take Penn State to new heights, why did you like, like, decide that now was the right? I mean, he just wanted to like get, get ahead of that thing, I suppose, and put him, but like, that just, that just put your team at a disadvantage because you like you, I think you have different um, ambition going on r- rather than like putting it all towards the one thing you needed to get better at. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm being hard on the guy. It is. I mean, it's. We probably could have talked about that before he had his worst outing of the season and his first loss. But you know, I, everything feels worse after a situation like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, I just, you know, as we said many times before, he seems like a very, very fine young man, probably the kind of guy that you and I would be friends with probably the kind of guy that like you want leading your company or you want, you know, good entrepreneur, entrepreneur or whatever. But in this particular context of major college football, we've just, we've seen what he is. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's time. State- it's time to move past it. And sorry, sorry, Clifford, that you literally yeah. had every opportunity to uh, to. Yeah, every know, Franklin, opportunity. Franklin gave you every opportunity. Four and starting seasons, six years at Penn he State. Let, he basically uh, allowed two other quarterbacks who were potentially better than you move on to First other round draft pick. Will Levis, right? I mean, drafted Tommy Stevens. Yeah, like. <laughs> um. We're still searching for a quarterback right now, so we got to go find it. So let's wrap this up. What's our offense going to be able to do? I I think Minnesota is not going to be quite as strong a defense as Michigan. I think we will have our our own line is going to have a chance to show up here. How are they going to show up? I don't know. Who's going to be our quarterback? I don't know. Andy, can we trust our defense to stop their run game? I don't know. I just I feel like there's a way this game goes that doesn't feel a lot different than the Michigan game. I think we're going to come out flat. <laughs> I think we're going to come out flat. That's not that's not the optimist in me. That's the realist in me. I think we're going to come out flat, and I think we are going to be in an ugly 
game that just if that's if Clifford starts by the way this is if Clifford starts um if Drew Aller starts I think we have the potential to have some some flashier moments from Drew I don't think he's going to produce a 350 yard passing effort against this team um but I think if you throw Drew in there you have at least enough like splashy, flashy opportunity with a stronger arm to get some chunk yardages that give you more knocks on the door to getting either field goals or touchdowns. Um, they better figure out how to get their run game going. I think your path is, is a, a pass first to set up the run. Yeah, I think if Drew Aller comes out and shows you what he's made of, and he gets 300 yards passing. Penn State could have a very, very nice day. I agree with you. I think that's like that's your fool's hope that that'll happen. Because my guess is Aller doesn't even see the field. Um, I, I'm 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 going with you know what does it look like with this team that we saw last week taking the field again this week? I, I, I we have to win this game. It is a must win. It's a must win. It's a must win. If we win with Sean Clifford, I think it's I think it's sixteen to (laughs) seventeen. I think it's sixteen to seventeen Penn State if we win. I think it could I'll take be, any win. I'll take any I'll win. Take any I don't win. care how ugly it is. Like there's no there's no trying to pad stats or look, look like a resume for a playoff push. Like you just have to win this game by any like means necessary. Any margin necessary. They, this team needs a claw and scrap for every point. And I, I don't see eating, us running away with it. I could be eating crow next week like I am this week. And it that it, it just was another really, really bad, like sort of gut-turning performance. And we're leaving the game in the third quarter because we can't bear it anymore. But if Penn State wins... <sighs> oh my God, right? I'm, not, I'm not leaving the game. If Penn you know State, Dad let, isn't leaving guess, the game either. I guess we'll drive separate cars then because I got to get back to Baltimore. Dad and I are not leaving the game. You don't <laughs> leave. You don't, I've le- by the way, I've left a game before, the 2002 I- Penn State-Iowa game that went into overtime by the time I got home. I left at halftime because we were getting humiliated. And by the time I got back to, Penn St- or, uh, to Lewisburg, it was overtime. And yes, we ended up losing the game, but that was before replay came and they called Tony Johnson's catch out of bounds when it was definitely inbounds and Penn State should have won the yeah. game. But... Um, anyways, I mean, there's a never point leave the game. Never leave the game. There's a point. I don't care what your drive is. Statistically over, but um, anyway, never leave. I, I don't know that I'm. I would leave, but I'm just saying. For example, I could see this game going in a direction where it's just like, you know, the game is lost before it's lost. If we hey. win, if <sighs> we win, and it's and it's not Drew Aller. I think the win is 16 to 17. Our defense shows up. Our offense does just enough. It's a gut-wrenching, ugly win, and we're glad to get out of there with the W. I'm going to say it's 24 to 21. Penn State wins. I mean, I would just, I feel so much better with even just that extra touchdown, but I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, and that's if Drew Aller plays. <laughs> I, I mean, what's your what are your? That's if, honestly, that's a Drew Aller plays. If Sean Clifford's gonna play, I am struggling to find how we win. <laughs> what 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 are the odds? Like, you know, how do you handicap the chance that that Drew Aller starts or plays significant game? 
They're not going to put him in if Clifford's healthy. They're what not going to the start odds? him if what, Clifford's what do you healthy. Give it? 50-50? Do you give it like I give it a 0% 20%? chance that Drew Aller gets in the game if Clifford's healthy. So, Clifford's, but you don't... What, Franklin's... So what, what? What is, what's your question? What do, what, do, what do you think? Do you think... Do you, I don't know if Clifford's healthy. We're not going to know. I can't pretend to know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> well, what percentage chance do you think Clifford's healthy enough to play? I almost hope that like Franklin tells the doctor to tell Fr- to cl- tell Clifford he's not <laughs> healthy. Can is that a thing? Yersich <laughs> <laughs> slips the guy a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, 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 he's too hurt to play, right? Clifford can't play. Okay. <laughs> Paying off your own team doctor. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's happened. I, I, Andy, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. How do I, I can't answer that. I can't answer that. All right. I can't. Well, What's your percentage? You dummy. <laughs> I, I give it. I oh, give you don't it, have one. I give it an under 25% chance that drew Aller starts. That's probably fair. I, it could be closer to under 10. I, I will just, be, I, I Franklin's too dang loyal. If, I will be shocked and pleased if we see Drew Aller out there to start. Let's recall why when Clifford was benched in the 2020 year, it was because he was throwing the ball away like crazy. Because of interceptions. Yeah. And and it happened in game. And then Will Levis got the next game week's start. Yeah. And then he threw one and then, and then that leash was short as heck. So he still wanted to go back to Clifford I know. instantaneously. It's like, what What kind of blackmail does Clifford have on James Franklin? They're just buddies. <laughs> My gosh. They are. I mean, they, they've been around each other for six years now. They're buddies. Buddy Jim. So, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I think back to like, you know, Nick Saban pulled Jalen Hurts out in the national title game for Tua yes. and they won with him. Right. I know it's not the same situation, but like, that's a crazy decision to make in a national title game. With and the a, stakes. Making and a the good big coach time has a good feel for that. Yeah. And Franklin doesn't have a good feel for that. Mm. He lost two quarterbacks behind Sean Clifford because he gave Clifford yeah. the so our our path to winning with Clifford in my mind is an ugly game where yeah. our defense keeps Minnesota from scoring touchdowns and, and with Clifford I struggle to see a victory at all yep yep that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying 24 to 21 if Drew Aller plays <laughs> all right if Sean Clifford plays I'm still going to call a win but it's going to be like 14 to 10 yeah yeah, it's, but I, gotta, I don't know how you hold, I don't know how you hold the, Minnesota to that low. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, Illinois did, but I feel like Illinois Illinois held. Um, it's feeling like a loss is coming, Andy. I know, dude. <laughs> Gird your loins. It kind of does. It's just hard. It's just hard. It's just hard to go against history with Franklin and history with Clifford. It's really you know what hard. I said go, going into that Michigan game, and, and I, I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I don't know whether or not I'm just fooling myself, but I said I would take a loss if the team looked decent and played well in all phases. Well, you just really can't even take a single thing out of that game to say, at least we did this. No, you nothing. just really can't, and that's why it's and, so hard to predict what's happening this week. And I'll say, like, I, you know, Minnesota is not the team Michigan is. I don't think we should lose this game I don't think there's any excuse, but if like week our team one, Penn State could, would win this game, it, it feels like. But like now that we've like reverted 
and like regressed over the last three weeks. Every week has gotten worse over the last three weeks. Every week has gotten the the the, the football Penn State has been playing over the last three weeks has gotten worse every week. You got to find a way to stem the tide. You got to find yeah. a way to 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 reverse this trajectory. And I guess what I was uh, trying to say is, look, if we lose this game, even to a Minnesota team that's that's not anywhere near the caliber of Michigan. Is but we see a sign that our running game is working, our play calling is uh, effective, our we're consistency on offense, and we're making plays on defense. And you just you just win in a really good matchup between two teams that are playing well. I feel a lot differently than if we lose and we see a continuation of the same script from last week. You know, some people would say, you know, hey. Losing is losing, you know, show me, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser, but they are two different things when you get humiliated in a loss or when you go toe to toe in a loss. Yes. There's two, it's just two different things to a football team. Um, (laughs) so by the way, the other dynamic in this, we didn't really talk about this. Like you got to expect that there is a lot of motivation on the part of Minnesota's offense. Precisely. To put a hurting on us because yeah, Kirk yeah, Shiraka, a, a wounded who is summarily baby deer fired, is out there. <laughs> yes. Who summarily fired after basically be given, being given no chance. Like, he, he installed his new offense over Zoom in the COVID year. Yeah. And he righted the ship by the end of the year, by the way. Yeah, four straight and wins. Did you know this? Penn State was first in yards and second in uh, scoring by the end of the season. Mm. In the Big Ten? Yes. You mean like overall or over those last four games? Overall. That's weird. Or maybe it was like second and third or something like that. But like Uh, Kirk Chirac is all, we couldn't, the problem was we couldn't get touchdowns that year. Yeah. And and I wonder, and I wonder if Franklin just didn't didn't jive. Do you remember what we did down in the red zone that everyone hated, hated, hated was the, was the the fade? fade? Oh, by the way, that showed up at Michigan. The fade showed up at Michigan. Yeah, well, do you know two what? times Clifford threw fades into the end zone. Apparently, Kirk Schrock gave work. an interview after he was fired about like why he was throwing those fades. Yeah, because you know it's low percentage for a touchdown, but it's also a very low percentage for, for an interception. Yeah, and Kirk Schrock felt like with Sean Clifford, yeah, the risk of an interception was high. Yeah, you and needed to get a field goal there at least. And, and, you know, a turnover is a lot worse than not getting a touchdown. And, and mm. like, so he knew. <laughs> and, and Franklin was just so laser focused on explosive plays and high scoring that he's like, I got to try. Mike Yersich is available. I got to go get him. He's the guy I've always wanted. And it's like, is this the guy you've always wanted? Uh, this offense is not, is not, is not it, man. So if I'm Kirk Sharaka, I am licking my chops to go in I mean, I've been given the gift of a whiteout game on a it's a it's a silver platter made for revenge. Yeah. Watch so out. Who, so yeah. Watch I out. Mean, I mean yeah, so, Manny yeah, Diaz. The wounded had, the wounded baby deer is out there. And are they gonna just like feast? Are they gonna pick uh, at the carcass? Or out. or is the or is the the wounded animal gonna fight? Yeah, exactly right. For its life. Or is it just gonna be like, yeah. I guess you should just kill me. Enjoy the fee- the meal. Feast away. Try to get me the jugular so you're not eating me while I'm still alive. Franklin's not a fighter. He's not a he's not a 
Like the, he's just not a fighter with that produces um, in the fight or flight scenario. Mm-hmm. He's a flighter. He has flight. He has flighted his way into more losses after a crushing loss. Obviously, there's a path to victory here for Penn State, and yeah, to get there a vic- is one to get a victory changes that pattern of course you know we can go right back and fall on our face against ohio state the week later and for all we know we're we're frightened about that matchup going into this one and our focus is off to lose all three of these games in this stretch opens up the path to the worst possible second half of the season we this is a must win game and we can win it the question is whether we can overcome all of these obstacles, including a highly motivated Minnesota offense and actually put a decent football game together, give ourselves, look, we are one lost team. How many one lost teams has made it to the CFP in the last, you know, four Funny. or five years, a lot. We, we still have everything to play for. Who knows I mean, what's going to happen? Technically, absolutely correct. Who knows like, what's going to happen with Michigan like, Andy, and Ohio State down hold the stretch? Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, we have something you're to not play wrong. for. I'm agreeing with you. And that's why the team needs to come together to be able to, to you know, make that happen and, and right the ship. Franklin, I don't think he ha- like. I just don't think he's up to it. I don't think. I think he's he like dreams we about something he can't do. See, we shall see. Okay, and let's get out of here. Good news for you let's and me. Get out of here. We'll get to see it with our own two eyeballs. Yeah, and I I was just gonna say <laughs> uh, after an hour and fifty eight minutes of us frothing and rambling. Oh my gosh! Uh, I still love my Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm still excited to go to Beaver Stadium and witness a whiteout. It's still going to be a great time. Hopefully, for at least for some of it. Um, but big thanks and shout out to Rudy Glocker. Yeah, um, thanks, Rudy, for the tickets two years in a row uh, for two whiteouts in a row now. Um, really, really appreciate you. Um, thanks for uh, you know supporting the the podcast and 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 helping us uh, get to a game. Uh, former, uh, um, forget which season he was a, a, a letterman and and a, a Penn State alum, football alum. Uh, yeah, thanks, Rudy, I think, for I the think support. Early nineties, mid early nineties, I believe. Of course, this year it might be more of a practical joke. <laughs> yeah, that you got out of going to the game and you, you made us <laughs> no, go. I was like, give it to these fools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, by the way, but Rudy and I are going to the Penn State Ohio State game the following week. So, you know. Oh, well, he's a love company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you know what? There's always next game. And uh, we'll find out on Saturday whether this pattern continues or whether we uh, write a new story for Penn State. So you're so, you're 17 to 16 uh, Penn State over over uh, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. I'm if Drew Aller plays, I'm 24 to 21 over them. Or if Clifford plays, I'm 14 to 10 over Minnesota. <laughs> oh man, um, gosh, gotta win it. Look, um, I'm really glad to be doing this podcast with you, bro, because I know with you it always starts with I love you and it ends with I love you. We got a lot to play for. We are. <laughs> we are. Penn State. We are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. 
And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 